it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, is the man behind the Twitter, the other third of this operation, Scott. Scott, how are we doing today? <sighs> Sam, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Time for another wonderful episode of Above the Ring. And um, we had quite the week. Quite the week. Yes, we have. Um, if you guys haven't already done so, please make sure you check out Scott's latest episodes of SmackDown Study and Raw Review. Both drop on Saturday and Tuesdays, respectively. Um, yeah, we had a pretty good week in wrestling, per usual. Not as much news, but there's some good news out there. Good, good news. Yes, sir. So starting next week, Scott and I will no longer have Tuesdays available. Not that we had them anyways. Um, <laughs> power. NWA Power's coming back, guys. I'm looking forward to this. I know you uh, are, Scott. Oh, I know. Back on Fight TV. Which is an interesting choice. Um, so crazy enough, I'm not sure how often you deal with Fight, but Fight TV has a lot of free programming in terms of wrestling. Yeah, I'm just hoping that – I'm assuming this will be one of them. Um, I'll have to check, see what I do. Because yeah, I, I only have Fight on my cell phone, so I'll have to find other ways of – of watching because I'd rather not watch on a you know a cell phone. I'd rather watch on a you know a TV or a, a laptop. You know something a little larger <laughs> or feast my eyes. Yeah, I mean I know you can use the browser via like PlayStation. Um, it's stupid they don't have an app yet for anything. Actually, I have it on my Amazon Fire Stick, um, but. I know Ring of Honor and MLW are free programs that are on Fight TV, so I don't see why NWA will not be. Speaking of NWA, um, obviously we have back for the attack on Saturday. Also, yeah. interesting note, um, David Marquez will not be returning to NWA. Um, <gasps> guess he yes. was not invited back. Why? Um I don't know. I thought he was a great voice for the I show. Loved, yeah, that's disappointing. But uh, we are looking forward to. Um, I guess he's involved with New Japan production over uh, for Strong and United. Oh, Network. okay, all right. So that makes sense then, because so he's out of for, California. Good for him then. So, uh, great, awesome, excited. I'm just um, excited to see who's left. <laughs> Honestly, I know they have some new people coming in, but like I want to see who's who's left from the old group. Obviously, um, I saw that. Um, obviously, Nick Aldis is still the champ, and um, who else did I see? <sighs> the woman who's also in Strictly Business. Oh my God, her name escapes me. Uh, um, our Camille. Yes, thank you. I know she's still there. I guess her and Thunder Rosa are going to have a number one contendership fight to see who takes on 
Um, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, yeah. So it's nice to see that Thunder Rose is still there, but I'm still kind of hoping that she stays with AEW, like more full time. Why would you say something like that? Is it like they had a really, really cool uh, match or something that we might be talking about later? Maybe. I don't know. But even still, like, it's Thunder Rosa, and I want her on my television screen more often. Just just, just saying. Just throwing that out there. See if it sticks. Yes. Um, But, yeah, having NWA back in the fold is is always going to be a good time. And the fact that it's on pay-per-view and it's on Saturday, now I'm like... Do I want to spend even more money on pay-per-views this month, Scott? <laughs> do I want to do it? The answer, most likely yes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, speaking about pay-per-views, uh, it was just recently announced that NXT UK will have a special event, WrestleMania 37 weekend. Uh, NXT UK Prelude will air on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So nice. totally... Um, probably available for most people to watch obviously scott and i are very busy to begin with um so maybe we'll get to touch on that one maybe we'll skim through it in our busy week uh that's coming up yep uh, actually an actual piece of news um that i just made me think of today uh in the states as of well this will be friday when people listen to it but today thursday the WWE Network has officially moved from its own network to Peacock and is now officially on Peacock, or at least part of it is. They're going to be slowly bringing some of the material or all of the material from the WWE Network over to Peacock. I think they said by next year's SummerSlam or this year's SummerSlam. So, sorry, part of me still thinks it's 2020. So I don't, I don't know what's on there yet. I haven't had a chance to, to take a look, but. I do know with um, Fastlane uh, being this Sunday, um, that'll be the first experience that I will have with Peacock to see how how it works. Uh, Hopefully it's uh, not as buffery as WWE Network has been for me, but we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm glad that I got a a fantastic deal. I paid like 10 bucks for the first four months of Peacock. I'm like, all right, I ain't going to... I ain't gonna say no to that. And then I got the email that my WWE uh, network subscription is just gonna end on its own. I won't get. I won't have to cancel. I don't have to charge for anything. Oh, I like, this is great. I love it. Shit's just working. It's how I like it. Well, I guess I'll make that uh, that that financial uh, decision. Uh... You want to want to hurry because I know it was like a limited thing. So, but yeah, I got. It, I'm basically paying two dollars and fifty cents a month for the next four months. It's great. Go say awesome. yes, and then I'm just paying. Then it's five bucks a month after that for premium. I can deal with thirty seconds of um, commercials. I ain't gonna bitch. I'll be fine. Are they? Are they canceling? How does that work with the WWE Network? Like, um... if if you're in the U.S., if you had an active one, active account, you got the offer to get those deals. So Hmm. I was just able to luckily kind of fall into an email that said that, oh, if you sign up for Peacock today, you get four months for $10. I'm like, done. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's already all taken care of. Hmm. I probably missed that. I'll have to do some digging. Um, is it going to auto-run it? I'll figure it out. We'll talk about logistics afterwards. The Peacock will, yes. It'll auto-renew. It'll just... I mean, uh, the WWE Network. Nope. Uh, I get an email from them stating that since uh, it's already rolled over, um, that my subscription to WWE Network, because I'm in the States, will um, will automatically end and will not be renewed or charged so it it stops people who are in the states the rest of the world they still get wwe network they still get to to have fun with that but the rest of us are now having to use peacock Hmm. interesting okay well i am going to uh Probably hop on that soon because I know Peacock has a bunch of other shit I want to check out as well. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. So it's kind of like a you know a win-win situation for me and for whoever does this. And it's cheaper. So yeah. 
So with that being said, um, most importantly, we're talking about um, excellent surprises. I'm kind of surprised he's not the head of the class, personally, because he's he's just not he's he's not somebody. Let's let's be honest here. I would make the argument. Here's a good argument, Scott. After Hulk Hogan, who would you say is probably the most important figure in professional wrestling? Oh. I mean, this is a... I, I know where you're going with this. And... It does make good sense, but it's kind of like, how do you look at it from? Do you look at it from a booker standpoint? Do you look at it from a wrestler standpoint? Well, I'm thinking uh, even from the industry standpoint. Yeah, you know, I mean, definitely, I agree. Top-down um, view. Yeah. Top-down view. I would argue. And for those of you who don't know, before I get into this little spiel, and a little chit-chat that Scott and I are going to have... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Eric Bischoff is going to be joining the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Very, very big name indeed. Absolutely. Um, like I said, I personally think, you know, after Hulk Hogan being Vince McMahon's number one man to pretty much grow the WWF at the time into yeah. the behemoth it was and is now, um, I would even argue that Eric Bischoff helped propel the wrestling industry even into a bigger global phenomenon. Oh, uh, Absolutely. Um, in, in regards to the, you know, you know, when you have a stale product and then something comes and shakes it up, you know, whether, you know, night, you know, you like the nitro or not, you got to admit that the impact that Eric Bischoff left on the industry helped it blossom, created some of the, even the, I would even argue he helped create some of the WWE superstars we have today. I mean, Stone Cold wouldn't be Stone Cold if he stayed over in WCW. Right. Because Bischoff fired him and then he went to ECW for like a hot minute and then, Look at what, you know, then he came to WWF and then the the rest is history. You know, I think when we talk about, I think he's considered what, I think the name of the documentary about him on the network was called The Most Controversial Man in Professional Wrestling. Mm. <laughs> Hands down, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm excited. I can't, I'm, I'm curious. I don't think they've, did they announce his inductee? Are the uh, the guys going to induct him? No, not yet. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, honestly, if you think about like everybody who's been, you know, announced for like going going back to the twenty twenty class because they're also going to be doing this as well. So this Hall of Fame is going to be ridiculously long, and I, I'm ready for it. But honestly, I think bes- behind Batista. I'm most excited about Bischoff's. Yes, and this is only the beginning. We only yeah. we have two. How many? Probably have like three more announced? Yeah, probably. They'll probably announce one every week going into Mania. Mm-hmm. Maybe a surprise or something, but... Maybe. Um, I don't know. It's exciting. Looking forward to it. Uh, but we're going to kick this off with a... Quite a bit of impact, actually. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even segueing that one, but you know what? It still worked. It did. So let us start off with uh, this weekend's sacrifice um, event that happened. A lot of a lot of things have happened. A lot, a lot of a lot of things. A lot of changes. Yeah, a lot of changes. First and foremost, uh, I'll just go through the card quickly. Decay defeated Reno Scum. Uh, Tenille Dashwood and Caleb with a K defeated Havoc and Nevaeh. Violent by Design defeated Chris Sabin and James Storm. Eddie Edwards defeated Brian Myers. Fire and Flavor retained against Jazz and Jordan Grace. Ace Austin is the new X Division champion. Mm-hmm. Um, Deanna Prazo defeated ODB by submission for the Knockouts Championship. This one actually probably surprised me the most. Finn Juice. Defeated the Good Brothers for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. And we have a United Impact and TNA World Heavyweight Champion, uh, Rich Swan. Uh, 
which I'm curious about the match still. I have not watched it. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. I think I have a good argument for it as much. Let's, I don't know how this match turned out. And I know you and I want to see the same thing, Scott. Yep. We want to see Moose and Kenny Omega. Yep. But I think in regards to the storyline, in regards to what will happen at Rebellion, now it's going to be Kenny Omega taking on Rich Swan title for title. Well, I think it's just a, it's not for title. I don't believe titles are on the line. Uh, it's called a title versus title match. Okay, okay, yes, it's just champion versus champion. It's just, they're just making you look pretty. Okay, I was nervous. I was just like, wait, is Kenny gonna collect the Impact title too? <laughs> yes. No. It says title versus title match for the Impact World Championship and the AEW World Championship. Oh my God! It is a winner take all title. Oh Christ! Kenny's gonna have all the belts. And that's why I'm like, when I was excited at first, I'm like, okay, cool. This will be, you know, Kenny's gonna get the belt. You're just kind of like, yeah, but I want to see Moose. But now I'm like telling you this. And I'm realizing, I don't think you realize the actual nope, I definitely, impact. I, nope. <laughs> definitely did not catch that when you mentioned it to me before. Now I'm completely okay with this match. <laughs> because guess what? I think you and I know, if Moose won, I think it would have... Uh, I don't know. I think it works with Rich Schwann taking on Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's That's going to be insane. Oh, oh, God. Kenny's ego is already too large, and now he's going to add another title, and he's going to walk around with that and the AEW title and the AAA title and just all the titles. He's going to turn he, into Ultimate Dragon. He really is. He is doing so. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Like, I'm super excited for what's about to happen. Yeah, it's um, going to be insane. I mean, and like, 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 no disrespect to Rich Swan, but he's no Kenny Omega. End of story. <laughs> no, he's not. So we'll be, uh, yeah, I think you and I will both be watching it. Um, I guess also at Rebellion so far, Finn Juice is putting the titles on the line for the Good Brothers for a rematch for the tag titles already. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I mean, they're former champs. They, they should get their title rematch. Mm-hmm. Um, when, is, when is Rebellion again? April 24th. All right. So it's the end of the next month. Okay. Uh, so April's would be a nice full month too for the wrestling. Uh, well, interestingly yeah. enough, Scott, do you know that um, what was it uh, after Sacrifice we have Hardcore Justice is the next uh, Impact Plus event, um, which happens to be on April tenth. Why would they do that? I I don't know. I don't know, Scott. Come on, guys! You don't have a pay per view the same night as WrestleMania Night One. You don't do it. That's like me being the. Uh, the XFL and going, I'm going to have my championship game Super Bowl night. <sighs> That's a mistake. That is a mistake. But whatever. You know, to each their own. Yes, agreed. Um, but we're going to go right into Impact. Um, I knew you and I, we both had some things going on, but we're going to go through the card. Um, opening up the night was Finjuice taking on Triple XL with Finjuice defeating them. Uh, we had Jake something take on Rhino and Rhino defeating him. I forgot Rhino was with them still. Um, Shiran took on Rohit Raju after their little bout last Tuesday with Raju defeating Shira. Um, Rich Rich Swan came out. Um, I did Kenny. Uh, no, Don Cal essentially came out and just told him that you know you're, you're you have no no shot now, <laughs> which we all agree with. I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, uh, we then had a six on six knockouts tag team match. Uh, Jazz, Grace, ODB, Havoc, Neve, and Alicia defeated Perazzo, uh, Lee, Suzanne, Dashwood, Steele, and Hogan. Uh Match of the night. Oh, okay. Scott, we'll have to go back and watch this. Um, mm-hmm. Main event, Sammy Callahan take on Trey Miguel with Callahan defeating Miguel. Oof. Let me tell you, Sammy Callahan has slowly become one of my favorite wrestlers over an impact. Yeah. Psychopath. And it's sad because it's been years since, you know, his stuff with, if you, I know, like, of course, you know, Sam, because we have all the time in the world. Um, to go back and watch his feud with Eddie Edwards, like, 
after the after the baseball bat thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, some top notch stuff. Um, yeah, Sammy's. It's uh, again. It's another shame that this one really surprised me that even NXT dropped the ball on Sammy Callahan. And what he's been able to do with Impact has just been, you know, top-notch. It's just, it surprises me. It really, really, truly does. Well, you know, I mean, like I even said before, um, with... With Stone Cold... You have one of the greatest minds in wrestling, Eric Bischoff, who blew up WCW and almost like took out the largest competitor on the in the in the world. Um, look at Stone Cold or you no know, Steve Austin at that point and go, he's not a draw. He'll never be a draw. It's true. Um, and then he goes over and he just does his thing. He does his thing and he becomes. You know, arguably the the biggest wrestler of the Attitude Era. Um, depends if you want to put him or The Rock. I mean, they're interchangeable at this point. Um, but man, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch this. Um, if you guys don't already do so, Sam is on the Impact train. Thank you to Scott. You guys definitely need to be watching Impact right now, especially with doing, the door open. Yeah, they're doing some good stuff. You know, it's just. I'm sad that I'm not able to watch it as much or as often anymore, but I'm glad that they're still putting out a, a top quality product and that you're enjoying it. So you know what you know what this era of impact reminds me of. I know I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get flack for this one. I almost feel like I'm watching um like Ring of Honor at times. Okay. You know, Ring of Honor has always been about, you know, just having great talent and great matches and great storylines where, for some reason, I feel like I'm just watching just just top-tier wrestling. I don't know. That's my thoughts. No, I... I Nobody should give you flack for that. That's that's a really good comparison to like, you know, late two thousands to like twenty fifteen ROH when it was just like almost pretty much at its pinnacle. Like that was some of the best ROH. So yeah, no, I definitely understand that. Yeah, but speaking about um, you know, great wrestling. Scott, we had a wonderful Wednesday night this we week. Did. We did. I don't know which one I want to start with because we have two different. We we, we have we have a lot to talk about in both of these shows. I think we should start with NXT because I have a special thing I want to talk about when it comes to AEW at the end. Uh, Shoot. So I think okay. we should start. We'll we'll start with the USA side of things. So. NXT, let me tell you, some wild stuff happening on this week's show. Setting up some great stuff for Stand and Deliver. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do on both their nights. Uh, But the show opens up, Finn Balor, literally, like, he's already in the ring when the show starts. I'm like, oh, okay, champ's got something to say. Let's, Let's go. Takes five seconds, calls out Karrion Cross. I'm like, oh, all right. We're going to start off real good here. So Cross comes out with the lovely Scarlet as well. And I have a slight, slight issue personally with what they're kind of trying to do with Scarlet. She's like this card reader and I I don't I don't know I'm not a huge fan of it to be honest with you kind of I don't know it just it doesn't jive especially with what I've seen her do before and it just I don't know it just seems a little off but she's talking about how she's you know 
seen all of this before, proclaiming that, you know, both men will go to battle and stand and deliver, both draped in gold. And as soon as I heard that, I was just like, oh, no, they're doing a tag team thing, too, aren't they? Sure enough, within five seconds of me saying that out loud, here come only Lorkin and Danny Birch. And I'm like, oh, no. They're doing the tag team thing. <laughs> they really are. So, you know, first, you know, Scarlet mentions it to them, and, you know, they're both like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. What are you talking about? But then, of course, you know, Scarlet, the way she is, she uses her assets to, uh, her best assets, I should say, um, to encourage Oni and Danny to put their tag titles up on the line. Later tonight, or later on Wednesday, for, you know, a match against uh, Finn and uh, Karen Cross, And, you know, of course, the boys are just like, sure, that sounds like a great idea. You know, we're, you know, we're not cowards. We'll, we'll, we'll fight. Sure, yeah. So, title keep, match set for the night. <laughs> keep in mind, though, this is something I want to point out, and this seemed to be a theme throughout both shows. We got Karrion Cross on the mic. Yeah. And he had a, and I, I don't know if he was on the mic when he was over in Impact often, if anything. A little bit. A little bit. But he sounded good on the mic, you know? Um, mm. You know, half of being a good wrestler is being a talker. Um, quite impressed. Quite impressed. Yeah, he's, he's definitely pretty good on the mic. Um, from what I saw of him over at Impact, he did a good job. Um, a lot of his lines that he used to deliver were just like, I don't know. Tag Impact lines. used to... What? Taglines? Uh, well, not necessarily taglines, but the way Impact used to do their promos, it was more of like things would happen in the back and they would just speak and like didn't have mics. They weren't interviewed. Like A lot of his stuff that he used to do, he used to just attack people. And then kind of like how he did when he first started in NXT. And you know, he would leave his calling card, like literally a card... Um, that was, yeah, that was a nice little gimmick that he used to have over there too. Um, but yeah, like the whole TikTok thing that's followed him throughout his pretty much his entire career, no matter where he's gone, he's used that. Um, even when it was in Lucha Underground, that was, he used it there too. So it's just, I like that he's kept that continuity throughout everything. He's just kind of changed a little bit depending on what company he works for. So, but he's always been a, a good speaker. So I will, for me, this was like, all right, good. We get to listen to him now instead of it just being Scarlet. So I was like, that's, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, that I was looking forward to that in the beginning of the night. And I know we talked about this um, a little bit throughout both shows. You know, everybody went to promo school this past week. So <laughs> lots of good promos throughout. Uh, let's see. Opening contests, Dexter Loomis versus Austin Theory, um, surprisingly enough, the rest of the way decided to stay at home this week. Best mic talker right there. Uh, Dexter Loomis. Right? Oh, my God. (laughs) Best guy on the mic. Love hearing him speak. He's so good at it. (laughs) But um, Dexter Loomis does get the win. Uh, He uh, kind of shows Austin Theory that he really didn't say anything to him, like to the therapist. I, I, I'm convinced that we're never going to hear Dexter Loomis speak. And I swear if they do, I hope it's like a high-pitched voice, just to like completely throw everybody off. <laughs> or it's going to be like Jay and Silent Bob, where anytime Silent Bob speaks, it's like short like sentences of wisdom. Yeah. Like he's like a, a just like a complete genius. That would be amazing too. I would, I would, I would, I would, yeah. I would love that as well. Um, but the funniest part of this whole thing, after Dexter, you know, he puts Austin Theory to sleep like he does with his finisher. And he does, like, the whole head petting and stuff like that. Like, within, like, five minutes, Indy Hartwell tweets out the gif of him doing it. And her whole thing is just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the the thirst the thirst of Indy Hartwell towards Dexter Lewis continues and I am completely here for it. I love it so much. It's just it's 
It's so ridiculous. It just it makes me laugh so hard. So, um, <laughs> so I look forward to see what happens there. Um, I can definitely see her like completely fangirling and maybe even going on to his side throughout this whole feud that they're having. Um, but I can definitely assume that at some point we're going to get Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis for the North American title. So I'm sure that'll be at standard delivery at some point. Probably. After, yeah. After that, we had a big mad Adam Cole come out to the ring basically demanding that Kyler Riley comes out, even though Kyler Riley is not medical cleared. Uh, we ended up having William Regal come out and say that Kyle was banned from the arena, that he's not allowed in the building. And it's just, I don't know, this, this, um, this whole feud with Cole and O'Reilly, it feels real. Like, you, you know how with certain feuds – you kind of like, all right, I understand storyline purposes why this is happening. But yes. then you have those certain feuds that feel real. Like, you know, Randy Orton, Triple H. Like, that feud was personal. The stuff that Randy did to Steph. And, yeah, it was some some crazy shit. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. But that's the one that just stuck to my mind. Um, but this, I feel like this, all, this whole thing is going to be insane. So as Cole's yelling at William Regal, uh, Kyle O'Reilly shows up on the Titantron or on the sideboard that they have there and basically says that whatever you think is the worst thing possible for me to do, I, I will, I will do it. And I heard that and I'm like, Ooh, well, this could get dark real quick. I like this. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, later on in the night, <laughs> William Regal gets a, a message that <clears throat> the police have decided to arrest both Adam Cole and Kyle Riley because Kyle Riley tried to run Adam Cole off the, uh, off the road. And um, I'm like, all right, so we're we're going with vehicular homicide or uh, or manslaughter yet again. So uh, apparently the, they didn't have enough when the whole Seamus Jeff Hardy thing with Elias happened. So we're just gonna throw it in NXT. <clears throat> but the funny part of it is, this actually fits, <laughs> and it's it, it was well done. You know, they, they, they start off with putting O'Reilly in a car, and you have Cole rested by his car like in cuffs, and they're just yelling and screaming at one another. And Regal doesn't know what's going on at first, trying to talk to the cops. And the co and she's like, I thought this was really well done. So I was I, I like where they're going with this. After that, we went back into the ring. We had Legato del Fantasma taking on and defeating Rizango. Then things get interesting. And I can hear by Sam's response that we know that we have Santos Escobar as our Cruiserweight champion. However, before everything happened with, you know, COVID, we had another or an actual cruiserweight champion in the name of Jordan Devil. So the Iris Ace has decided that he's done staying over in Europe. His travel ban was lifted. So he came to the States and he's got something to say to Santos. So now we have ourselves a match at Stand and Deliver between Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar to find out who will be the actual and legitimate NXT Cruiserweight champion. Heavy breathing initiated. Right? Seriously, I am so ready for this. It's going to be great. And Jordan Devlin even started off the fun, giving a nice little headbutt to Santos. 
before you uh, before you left. So yeah, it's gonna be good. After that, we had some women, uh, some ladies action. It was Dakota Kai taking on defeating Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark is gonna be a megastar in NXT. You can quote me on that. This match was outstanding. I, I particularly like the part where Dakota <clears throat> brought out her inner Shawn Michaels and gave Zoe Starks a super kick as Zoe was flying through the air. Just <clears throat> Zoe Stark. This is going to sound weird. Um, and maybe you can see where I'm coming from. I'm getting Daniel Bryan vibes. Yes! Holy shit. Did we both just think that? Like... I mean, I didn't, but I can see it. So, oh, man, that's great. Full sun. Let it, let's make it happen. Absolutely. Like, it's just... I don't know what it is about her, but just... I just get that... I get Hot that megastar fire. feeling. Well, no... <laughs> <laughs> not every, not every person I look at, Sam, gets all hot and uh, get all hot and bothered by. God damn it, Jesus! <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. She just she just exudes that that superstar like megastar like aura, and I'm like, I'm all for it. I'm ready to go. So after the match ends, we get Io Shirai literally just walks into the ring, literally throws. A contract at, Ra- at Raquel Gonzalez and says, sign it. And I'm just like, well, we all know who Io wants for her next challenger. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. That's going to be fantastic. And then, Sam, your favorite segment of the night happens. <sighs> uh, we end up having, first before that, Tommaso Ciampa taking on and defeating Marcel Barthel. Uh, before the match, attacking um, Eichner, throwing him over the guardrail. Uh, he had an interview earlier in the night stating that he was going to take out all of Imperium by himself, leaving only one standing. Well, he essentially had done that, and then it started, Sam. Oh, it started. The music. The silhouette. The general has arrived. Walter, or should I say, Walter, has arrived once again in NXT. The man is back on U.S. soil. And he made one hell of an appearance. Comes in the ring. And the slap. The chop to Tommaso's chest made me jump. <laughs> no word of a lie. I jumped when he did that. It was so loud. And then they and then everybody else showed up except Alexander Wolf. He he he's still missing. Um the three of them beat up on Tommaso Champa left him laying. So we'll see what's happening with Thatcher. I'm interested to see if Thatcher's going to turn heel on Champa and rejoin, or I should say actually join Imperium, even though he was with them before. So I'm looking forward to that, uh, to see what's going to happen there. I would actually kind of like to see him with Imperium, but then again, I'd like to see him go against Imperium because seeing Thatcher versus Walter after seeing Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa, which is probably going to happen at um, <laughs> at Stand and Deliver. So, yeah. It's going to be some good stuff. After that, we had the in-ring debut of Mr. L.A. Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Let him talk to us. Taken on and defeating my good buddy Austin Gray. It was nice to see Austin on TV again. He's now he's been on 205 Live a lot, but even having him on uh, NXT was it's nice to see. Um, 
I, I, I hope good things for, for Austin Gray going forward as well. Uh, but LA Knight looked good. Um, he had one casualty, though. Um, thick boy in a little suit or a little coat. Uh, Bronson Reed uh, utterly destroyed his uh, LA Knight's Gucci jacket by um, just trying to put it on and then flexing on him. And, uh, yeah, that jacket was gone real quick. <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone. So that, that's, that's a good budding rivalry uh, between L.A. Knight and uh, Bronson Reed. So uh, I don't know who's going to win that feud, to be honest with you. But either way, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, and then we had our main event uh, for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, Only Lark and Danny Burch defending against Finn Balor and Karrion Cross with some shenanigans. I, I will admit I was I was wrong. I thought that this would be an easy win for Finn and Karrion Cross, but it was not. At one point, Scarlett actually gets taken out. Um, I think Finn pushed. I don't know, Finn pushed one of the one of the guys. Either uh, I don't remember who it was on top of my head. Only or Danny into Scarlett, knocking Scarlett over. Finn obviously tried to check on Scarlett. This led Karen Cross to kind of go a little ape shit. <laughs> Grabbed Finn by the throat, slammed his head against the um, the uh, the walls that they have around, and threw him in the ring. And the champs were able to retain. Then after that, Finn starts getting attacked again by Karen Cross after the match ends. And then Scarlett comes in. Really interestingly, she just comes in and just puts her hands on Karen Cross and he immediately stops attacking. She goes to pick up Finn. And I'm like, okay, are we still going to do a team here? And then she just makes one look at Cross and Cross just gives that... Double crossed. Ha! That delicious forearm to the back of Finn's head that he does and just lays Finn out. Like the ending of that was just outstanding. You just see both Cross and Scarlet just staring at I'll Finn as he's. Pray. Yep. So good. So good. But like one like kind of weird thing. I don't know if it's a lens issue or, or something, but Right before, like during their, during Karen Cross's theme or during his entrance, <clears throat> Scarlett, I don't know if it's a combination of her makeup, her contacts, and like the filtering that the TV screens have been using, but she made this face and people caught it. I, I'm pretty sure you saw it on Twitter last night while you were tweeting um, AEW, but my God, it was like a haunting face. And they caught it at just the right moment. But I don't know. It's like, Gary, they're doing a great job. <laughs> no, she looks. Because they're definitely. It's weird because she doesn't just look scary. She looks, you know, very attractive, very seductive, like like a succubus almost. Almost like somebody who's. Yeah. Or no, no, more like, a, more like a siren, you know? Ooh, okay. Dragging yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's other angles of her where she doesn't do anything. It's just the way it's angled in, like, the lighting. And then she, like, almost right. like a 180. She's like, yeah. She's doing a great job. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I just, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the whole card reading thing that she's doing. I, but I guess if, if they want to try to do this as, like, a a carnival show for the two of them, whatever, whatever works. I don't know, <laughs> but that's my own. That's, that's, that's my only criticism that I have of their characters. Like both their promos skills are great. Carrion's great in the ring. I wish Scarlett would actually wrestle because she can wrestle, but they just want her to be a mouthpiece right now. That's fine. In the words of Han Solo, I don't know. Fly casual. <laughs> But overall, pretty good show. 
real good show. But um, there was some, uh, some some wild and crazy stuff happening on the other channel. It was. I mean, granted, I'll tell you right now, if there's anything I rewatched all week, I'm sorry, since both shows aired, it was obviously um, the slaps over and over True. and over and over again, Scott. There's something about it that's mesmerizing. Yeah, it's, yeah. But over on TNT, we had an awesome St. Patrick's Day slam episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, just to keep in mind, guys, we also had the ep- we actually started live tweeting AEW's Elevation uh, event. Yep, this um, past Monday. Yep, it was good. Um, Paul White's on pretty decent. Uh, what I will say is definitely de- definitely developmental. So if you were going in there expecting to be another top tier show, it wasn't bad. But you got to remember, a lot of this talent is just it, it's developmental. Um, I don't know if we'd be live tweeting it going forward, um, but it's definitely worth a check out. Uh, for those of you who do want to you know, watch it. But that being said, going right into AEW Dynamite, uh, we, kicked, we kicked it off with a really cool, cool match. Um, Cody Rhodes taking on Pen, you know, Pentagon Jr. I'm not saying his whole name. We're just going to call him Pentagon Jr. for the sake of argument. Great bout. You know, Cody, Cody looked great. Um, what I've always liked about Pentagon and Ray Phoenix they can do the flippy shit, but they also like look really, 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 really good doing it. So some people they can be flippy and whatnot, but like Pentagon and Ray Phoenix still both look like they're wrestling, not yeah. just acrobats. Um, and that's why I feel like we don't see enough of them. Um, but great solid bout. Uh, they kick the living shit out of each other. They um. Ro, you know, Cody got the pin over, you know, Pentagon. Um, Pentagon still attacked him afterwards, and then you know the rest of the Nightmare Family came out to defend, protect Cody, and then including QT Marshall. They're they're really pushing this QT Marshall storyline right now. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm super curious what we're gonna do here. Um, you know, following that we had Jay Cargill have her Dynamite debut, singles Dynamite debut. Um, she looked pretty good. Looked pretty decent. She um, defeated Danny Jordan um, squash. Pretty much a squash, squash yeah. match and to get heat between her and the lovely Red Velvet. Uh, following that, we had probably... Now, I told a bunch of people this, and a lot of people I think are still scratching their heads. But let's keep in mind... How stupid do you think people thought the name The Four Horsemen was when they first came up with that years ago? Yep. So MJF and his whole crew came out, and MJF did the wonderful mic work that he did to introduce his new faction, The Pinnacle. It was an okay name, obviously. I mean, we didn't care for The Inner Circle. I mean, The Inner Circle was, like, stupid when everyone's like, what the fuck, Inner Circle? Like, really, Jericho? But it worked. Um, I'm looking to see that, like, they look like a legitimate threat. Yeah, and it's also nice to see Tully Blanchard still being able to to deliver fantastic promos as well. Like, he really set the table for MJF, and MJF just took it and ran with it. It was, this was a great segment to watch. Oh, hands, hands down. Um, what this means for the inner circle? I don't know. I'm still kind of curious. I mean, we still don't, we haven't heard from the inner circle since this happened. Um, so following that, we had a ten man tag team match: uh, Jurassic Express and Bear Country taking on Matt Hardy, Private Party, and Butcher and Blade. No, sorry, Private Party, Butcher and Blade um, with Matt Hardy on the side. Um, no, was he involved? Yeah, Matt Hardy. It was a ten. It was a five on five match. It was five. I'm thinking four on five. I'm looking four on five. I saw Bear Country and Jurassic Express. Forget about Marco's stunt here. Sorry, Marco. Um, five on five. It was. It was a good match. You know, things got crazy really early. Um, you definitely know that there's a feud that's going to start between Bear Country um, and Jurassic Express. And that's good because I I kind of kept an eye on Bear Country and they look like they can do some damage. So I'm excited to see 
them actually get a chance to do something big on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed. Agreed. I'm 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 looking forward to see what they uh uh what they can do. I feel like they're gonna start pushing them a little bit because we've seen them a bit. Yeah. Since Revolution. Um following that we had Tony Schiavone interviewing Darby Allen and Sting to only get interrupted again. Again, and I told you this, Scott. Um, everyone went to promo school this weekend. It's true. Um, in the middle of this, you know, we're not even in the middle, the beginning of it, when Darby starts talking, Lance Archer comes out and takes the mic. And Jake Roberts, who's been his mouthpiece forever, is kind of been standing on the backside. Yeah. On top of all that, Team Taz came out. And Brian Cage took the mic. And Brian Cage you know, acknowledge respect for Sting and walked away f- from Taz. Yeah, that I did not see coming. I mean, I saw the tweets earlier in the night when it happened and everybody was also shocked, but I was just like, wow. And then actually watching it, I was just like, this is some good shit. I like this. Okay, this is good. And you also, you want to talk about uh, promos. We had Dasha interviewing Christian Cage. And then Mox and, K- and Eddie Kingston delivering yet another fantastic promo. Like like you said, everybody went to promo school this past week, and it was fantastic to see. I love when everyone can talk, and everyone yeah. sounds great. Yep. Um, so on top of all that, like you said, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, ugh, dude, they have they just have magic. Those two have just natural magic. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just like, yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, if any good came out of that catastrophe with the barbed wire match, it was the the reunifying of John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Oh, hands down, hands down. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what they do. And I, I can, like I said before, I can almost see this as Moxley's kind of taking the back seat while his, um, you know, while Renee has the baby. Right. Um, but after this match with Moxie and Kingston win, and mind you, everyone looked great. Good Brothers looked great and whatnot, especially since they don't have the belts anymore. Um, right. You know, Omega came out, and they were going to, like, kick the shit out of all of them. Then the Bucks come out. And the Bucks... Yeah! Man, we're, we're looking at something that's... I don't think we've ever seen happen. Nope. You know, the Bucks and uh, Kenny, not... Not siding with each other. No. It's, Don, it's all Don Callis' fault. But will will Kenny see this? Not for a long time. And you know what? I Now it makes you wonder how long before he realizes what's going on and then you get the, you know, well, you, maybe, get the, you get the band back together. This well, could take maybe. years, years before this happens. And I'm okay with that. So slow burn, let it go. So I don't know if you're familiar with um, Kenny Omega in New Japan, aside from just being the Bullet Club leader and being part of the elite. No, so not really, no. Interestingly enough, <coughs> so Kenny Omega was originally a tag team, you know, the Golden Lovers. Yes. Um, and I think it was at the Tokyo Dome, or sometime after the Tokyo Dome that same year. Where uh, Cody was gonna like, they were gonna kick the shit out of Coda, and Kenny Omega ran out and tried to stop him. Like the most interesting thing I saw out of this one documentary about Coda about Kenny and Coda is that Coda Abushi is like his Achilles heel. Mm. Nobody's ever fucked with Kenny when Coda's involved. Just, just especially with remember, Kota Ibushi is the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion right now, Scott. Mm. Things to think about. Things to think about. So, aside from all that, um, following that, we had Ray Phoenix take on Angelico. I'm glad to see the Hybrid Two getting some more airtime than usual. Yep. Uh, uh, Angelico looked great. Ray Phoenix, oh my god, dude, what can't that guy do that makes you not feel uncomfortable but amazed at the same time? Right? He is just phenomenal. Um, 
great match. I look I, uh, Phoenix is like hands down maybe in my top five wrestlers in AEW. I will watch anything he wrestles, anyone he wrestles. Uh, following that, um, I feel like I'm missing something prior to that. Well, okay, so the only thing I do want to bring up here is I'm so confused right now. Um, let's talk about um, how Death Triangle, where Pentagon's still trying to be a bad guy. Um, yeah, and Ray and Pac are kind of faces. Yeah, I I'm not one to be judgy, but I'm like sitting here thinking to myself, like, when when am I hold up? When do you think about this? We need to reevaluate, assess the situation as is. Um, I'm not. It, it's crazy though. Everything works. What Pentagon's doing works, and what Re Phoenix and Pac are doing works. Yeah, but the fact they're in a faction together and they're both mm-hmm. heels and faces is weird. Yeah, but I don't know. I it's kind of kind of all over the spectrum because I wouldn't really consider Pac to be a face. Oh, anti-hero. Yeah, Phoenix. I could definitely see more of a face type, and then obviously you have Penta, who's the heel, so it fits the whole three spectrums. Same. Um, <laughs> that was twisted. Um, so, um, finally, we got. Now, we have been very critical of the AEW women's division. Yes. I think we're not the only ones who do that. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got. The first ever main event on Dynamite that was a woman's match. Yep. It was an unsanctioned lights out match. Anything goes between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. We talk about the potential of what AEW can be at their prime, at their best. This match, this this fucking match, Scott. Dear Lord. I don't think I've seen most men on dynamite bleed the way Brick Baker bled. <laughs> it's like, my God. And I think Thunder right. Rose was bleeding before they even got to the ring or something like that. Or, you know, she, before... Yeah, because I think she she got stomped by Brit onto stairs when they were on the outside. The next time we saw Rosa, she started bleeding from her head. And then her bleeding stopped real quick. Um, Brits, not so much. Now, I'm going to make a comparison here after watching this match, and I want to see if you understand where I'm coming from. Now, there was, if you if you want to travel back with me, back to 2004, Backlash. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. There was an Intercontinental Championship match between Mick Foley and a certain evolutionary wrestler named Randy Orton. Now, at the time, Randy has only been on the main roster for less than two years. And at this point, for me personally, he he hadn't done anything that really was just like, eh. Okay, you know, you're not like a, he wasn't, to me, he didn't seem like a huge superstar, you know, but then you have Mick Foley, who, you know, it's Mick Foley, for God's sakes. Now, if you haven't watched that match, you need to, immediately. It's been a year, been years. That match, for me, put Randy Orton on the map. The things that he did... During that match, for me, from from that day forward, I was like, this guy's a superstar. He has earned my fanhood from that day. Wednesday night, Britt Baker had her Randy Orton moment. What she did 
with Thunder Rosa, who you know I'm, I already love, made me a fan of hers for the rest of days. Just the moments that she did, like when she brought out the thumbtacks, I was like, we're going to have thumbtacks with a woman's match. What? And then not only that, for her to get powerbombed into them, it just, like, I was uncomfortable watching that match. And I don't get uncomfortable watching wrestling matches anymore. I loved everything of it. That the whole thing was just, it was, was it perfect? No, but it was, it was insane. And some of the shots that the camera guys got of Britt looking up at the camera as the blood is like flowing down her face. I'm like, that's the type of shit that you're going to remember for decades. And Britt's done that multiple times already. Yeah, but like the the way she was gushing that, like I, it's almost like remember when JBL and Eddie Guerrero wrestled years yes. ago? And yeah, like I think she literally might have hit something unless she was really good with just applying packets to her fucking face just to make. Well, her- she she literally took a facial into a ladder, and then after that she started to bleed, and then I don't know what else it was, but just yeah, she was. Literally just bleeding, and the whole time, and it was just—I don't know. It it kind of made me laugh a little bit because I saw I saw uh, I think I sent this to you. Um, it's a a picture from you know, Passion of the Christ, and um, <laughs> and it like the the gif or the the memes like you know Adam Cole explaining to Britt Baker how he's had a rough day today too. <laughs> Yep, and it's a picture of Mel Gibson talking to the actor who played Jesus Christ, and I was just—I could not—I shouldn't have laughed, but I laughed so hard at that. Uh, look, this is what I'll—you know—we look the women's division in AEW. I wouldn't say is bad. I would say it's definitely underutilized, and they don't use it properly. This shows you, this match here shows you the absolute potential of this division. Absolutely. And to make an argument against either Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa, especially now after that. Yeah. You, you, I'm gonna sound no. I'm, I'm gonna sound very aggressive here. You have no argument. <laughs> there yeah, there is no argument against it. I mean, Britt has come so far in a little over a year's time, it's not even funny. And this match with Thunder Rosa, for me, cemented her as one of the top stars in AEW, not even just a women's division, of the whole show. And I'm completely on board. And why she isn't even... Mind you, if I'm not mistaken, she's not even signed still, right? No. Yeah, she was the first woman signed. That was a whole. That was her whole shtick in the beginning. She was the first woman ever signed to, to AEW. No, I'm not talking. Are we talking about Thunder Rosa? Yeah. Oh no, Thunder. No, she's not. I don't believe she is. I believe she's still signed with NWA. She's just working with AEW. This is why I'm hoping that they will sign her, and then I mean that would suck for NWA, but Thunder Rosa deserves to be on the national stage like this. I, I, I got to read this. Uh, this was back in October by Billy Corgan. Um, in a Q&A session on Instagram, Rose is still under contract with NWA through 2021. But this is what Corgan wrote. No, you have to love press and media reports that don't contact the company. She is under contract, but instead, let's send an email address that I don't ask. She's under contract through 2021, and there's a reason for that. And I don't blame him. Right. If he's weary about dropping her, because don't get me wrong, she's a she was a she she actually made me love most of the women over in a NWA. Right, she was so good, so so good. I don't know this. This may single handedly be the best women's match ever in AEW. Yeah. I, I could definitely agree with that. Um, granted, they've you know we're talking about two years now. 
just over two, uh, just over two years. I, I you no, it's gonna be a while till you have a match like this that touches this. This was just this almost and oddly enough, Scott. This in some way almost made up for the botch at the end of Revolution. Pretty much, which is good recovery. I it think. is. I I agree. Yeah, this was this was excellent recovery by AEW. Um, I I think the ratings kind of dropped, but like uh, they I I was just looking at it. They did, I guess. Overall, it was a it was a drop for both, but it's just like I don't whatever. I don't care. Dem- well, demos are weird. <laughs> we only the the only reason we look <laughs> the only reason we look at ratings, I think, for me, is to, to I want to see these shows thrive on television. Agreed. That was a big thing with Jericho. Jericho would not have signed with AEW if they weren't going to get a major network contract on primetime. Right. Rightfully so. So, for me to look at these makes me want to go, like, makes me want to tell every, you know, I want to tell everybody who, at one point or another, watch wrestling, hey, this is something you should need to check out. Most of my friends who watch wrestling now only started watching because of AEW. And by that, in yep. that, there were times where they come over and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch some NXT stuff. And like, oh, I wanna like like it almost like it's it's the it's the door. It's it's a door that a lot it's brought people back into fandom. You know, to say what you want about AEW, it's bringing fans back in. Should we should we say that it's a forbidden door? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Sorry, oh. I had to. <laughs> what a match. If you haven't seen yeah. this match or the slap on USA, you guys need to go check it out. Yep. Uh, this is definitely a contender for probably top 10 for the year. I'll say top 10. It's early. I know. I know. But I would say if I was to make a top 10, this is definitely in there. Oh, this will be in there year's end. Agreed. But guys, thank you for listening. Um, and as always, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. You can find myself as the SLB official, Scott as Scotty J Stream, and our newest member from Supergirls Radio, Jerry as the Jinxist. That's J I N X I S T. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. We are on all streaming platforms. Still working on Pandora, but if uh, please go, like, share, subscribe comment tell people give us a review tell people why they need to listen to our product why above the ring in bedlam media is the podcast of your choice and the one they should be listening to this has been above the ring i've been sam that's been scott thank you guys for listening and do not forget to join the bedlam Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.